Welcome to Five Movie Madness, a podcast that knows that the only currency in this bankrupt world is the things that we say here on this podcast because we're uncool. I'm your host, Corey, and with me, as always, I've got Matt. I am a golden god. <laughs> and Joe. I never said I was a golden god. Or did I? <laughs> this makes me so happy. And for unplanned, the record. by the way. That was unplanned. That was unplanned. That was completely unplanned and I loved every second of it. I would trade you both for $50 in a case of beer. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I would trade me But it depends it. on the beer. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of was a low choice. You know what? We can, yeah, we can yeah. talk about this later. <laughs> Not important. <laughs> Welcome to Five Movie Madness, like I said earlier. Today's topic, if you couldn't guess already, is top five movies about music. Top five movies about music. Uh, we are going to test a... Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I write the title of the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> I spelled music wrong. <laughs> but in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> How did you spell it? M-U-S. Uh-huh. T-I-C. <laughs> Mustic. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> Technically, really, you only added a T. A Y, uh, though. I don't, I don't know. I can't. Holy crap. I don't know what happens in your brain. You got rattled. Yeah. <sighs> we are going to test a brand new opening segment because what have you been watching is going to be a little porcus. A little stale. Yeah. I mean, the fact is we watch most of most of our watching time during the week is preparing for this. So, sure. Pretty much. Um, We can't talk about those movies in advance, so, nope. you know. That's uh, why we're switching it up. So we are switching to, I don't even know what we're going to call this segment. Um, well, movie the, talk? The deck of cards is called Movie Talk, we'll so movie why not? Talk. Movie yeah, Talk. Right, movie Talk. Um, we've got a deck of cards with questions that are related to movies, and we're going to talk about them for a few minutes, and then move into uh, the top fives. And if you hate this, let us know. Please. So our first one. Penguins. Wait, how many are we doing? I mean, first one ever. Like, oh, okay, okay, got one. it, got it. I wasn't sure. <laughs> We're not doing, like, three. I'm just saying this is the first time we've done it. Penguins have become quite popular in the movies. March of the Penguins is a documentary depicting the annual annu- annual journey of the Empire Emperor Penguins. Fuck my life. Happy Feet and Surf's Up are both uh, computer animated comedies about penguins. So the question to you fine gentlemen is what animal would you most like to see a film about, and would it be a educational film or a comedy? I'm going to go ahead and scrap that second question or change it to what type of film would it be? I mean, they've kind of already made my dream animal movie, and it's Air Bud. <laughs> Golden Retriever. Receiver? Wait, no, Retriever. Retriever. Yeah. 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 Sounds... He plays a wide receiver in one of those <laughs> spinoffs. Yes. I would imagine Golden Retriever is the two, yeah. yeah Air yeah. Bud is the basketball. Are and, we sure it's not yeah. Golden Receiver? It's it's Golden Retriever. It's Golden Receiver. Yeah, it is Golden it's Receiver. It's the football it's the, pun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the, that's okay. the name of the movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the name of the dog. Mm-hmm. Like the type of oh, dog. It's Air Bud. The Buddy is the name of the dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant type of dog because he is a Golden Retriever. <laughs> right. That's why Golden Receiver because he's yeah, a yeah, receiver. I got it. I'm back. I'm with you guys. Joke. I saw that in theater with my grandparents. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, fair. Were you a kid? Did it come out when we were kids? I think it was like... It had to have. Eight or nine. Okay. I I'm, think. I'm looking up the year. I liked it. There's, Although they faced the Giants. Evolved. The team representing the Giants at the end and they win, obviously. Yeah. But at least the Giants made the championship game. <laughs> the New York <laughs> the New York large right. people. <laughs> but it was like the old school Giants away uniforms. Like their color rush now. Was 1998. That was 10. Okay. It was the year after the original Air Bud. They really just pumped these out. Oh, definitely. 
that sure. you most certainly did. Goldmine. Matt? Oh, I don't know. My favorite animal movie is Jaws. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good point. There's just plenty of shark movies. Jaws kind of like got the ball rolling on that. There's so many bad Jaws movies. And there's like Shark Week. So, I don't know. Sharks are kind of out of that. It's, it's tough to come up with off the top of your head. But, uh... I don't know. They already they made Shark Tale. That's a kid shark movie, right? So, so what you're saying is, for you, it would be shark, but yeah. they've already done it, so you're pretty happy with. with I'm pretty happy with the landscape of shark movies I've gotten. I'm um, I'm gonna go crazy here. Do yeah. it. I'm gonna go crazier. I want to see a fun family animated movie about possums. Okay. It's called Playing Possums. <laughs> People fucking hate these animals, and I am absolutely in love with them. I think they are the cutest fucking things on the planet. I think they're very ugly. I Yes, most people do. But it doesn't uh, like factor into whether I hate them or not. Yeah. No, I mean... <laughs> I'm indifferent on the possum. They, they, they make a weird hissing noise. They fake playing dead and like release like death odor when they like play dead. Oh, they release death odor. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they smell they smell like death almost immediately after they fall over. Oh. I know because my dogs keep cornering one in the backyard and I have to like drag them away from it. Um I love possums. They're the only native marsupial to North America. So it could be like family like mama Mar- mama possum lost all her babies one night and is running around the neighborhood trying to find them. I could see it happening. There's and, a real there's a really bad high school football movie called Possums. Okay. Team name is the Possums. And the plot synopsis, I'm going to give it to you quick. Hit me. Is the local hardware store owner is actually the radio host for Possums football games. It's John Madden. And the team disbands because they're terrible every year. But he still owns the airtime. So he just broadcasts the games as if they're going on. And he turns them from a loser to like a winning team. And then it becomes like a real controversy because he has only the state title and people hear it and like believe it when another team. <laughs> so That's... Barry Switzer's in it. The old coach of the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. It's a weird plot for a movie nonetheless. So. And that's been movie talk. Yeah, that was. I like it. Whatever. It's quick. That was quick. <laughs> it's quick. Yeah. So uh, this is the part of the show where we are getting into our top five. So what happens is. At the end of a show, we decide what we're going to talk about uh, the following week. We all go a separate ways, watch um, a number of movies, compile a number of lists, recompile a number of lists, angrily scribble all over pieces of paper because we hated our lists. I don't know. We I hate think... ourselves, really. I, I might be that... projecting a little bit, and I apologize <laughs> for that. But uh, eventually, we narrow down to our top five movies. We are going to go around in a circle, starting from five, going all the way down to one. At any point in time, if somebody has a movie that is higher on the list than where it is initially stated, we will table that movie until its highest possible point or lowest possible point. I still, we still don't know how to say this, do we? The further along in the episode we get to, yeah, it, pretty much. The furthest point, yeah, furthest the point, furthest point. All right. So that being said, Matt, what is your number five movie about music? This is really tough. Some of my favorite movies are about music, and I couldn't put them in my top five because it's like five or better. And I did want to throw one in there that I thought you guys weren't going to talk about. And it kind of violates... You did or you didn't? Didn't think you guys are going to bring up. 
Well, you did, did want to put in. I wanted okay, to put one it. in that you guys weren't going to talk mm-hmm. about. And it kind of violates my rule a little bit about biopics about people are still alive especially when they have influence on the movie because i don't feel it's an accurate portrayal i think it's very glossed over but my number five i really like this movie is uh straight out of compton that is uh table really wow i've never seen it so tabling the shit out of that it did not make my list straight out of compton made your list huh and at higher than five at higher than five interesting okay this is gonna be a fun show all right (laughs) My number five, I'm just going to assume we're tabling, but uh, it's School of Rock. It is my number five. It's on my bubble. Okay. It is my number five. Nice. So we're right, All right, right perfect. Right, so right where we're at. I was wrong, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. So we got Jack Black as a substitute music teacher, sort of. A substitute teacher yeah. who likes music. But he's not he's really not, sub. He's not a substitute yeah. teacher. He's not really a substitute teacher either, He's a though. poser. He steals his roommate's opportunity <laughs> to make some money. I'm not going to go over the whole plot of the movie, but yeah, it's Jack Black. It's I don't remember who plays his roommate. I don't remember. It's Sarah Silverman's Silver- the girlfriend. Yep. And a young Miranda Cosgrove yes. from like Drake and Josh and yep. iCarly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the uh, principal is... Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a fun movie. It's a lot of fun. Isn't I wasn't it? sure if it was going to... So go ahead. No, it's yours. I was going to say, I wasn't sure if it was going to make my list initially, but then I rewatched it because I haven't seen it since theaters. It's more fun than I remember being. It's uh, it's such a fun fun romp. I think the music in it is impressive. Is impressive. I think that's the thing. Um, when looking at this movie, those kids played those intru- instruments and performed those songs. I don't know that they wrote them, but no. they did perform them. Didn't write them. Yeah. So like to have a kid who's actually like thirteen shredding on guitar that hard, and for a song that's that catchy, I'm. I love it. I I think it's funny. I think the situations in it are fantastic. It's my favorite Jack Black, hands down. I think it's his best. I think best so role. too. And he still really hams it up. Like it would be oh, yeah. higher on my list if he wasn't so over the top in it. For sure, it's really funny. Um, I find by whenever I have an opportunity to watch it, I do. Like, <laughs> like I I always go to it. This is what I was talking about before. Like, it's one of my favorites, but I think there's just movies that are better than it. That's fair. But uh. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun from from start to finish, and the performances are really great. I enjoy, I enjoy the ham in this. I usually don't like when somebody hams it up, but for a movie that's geared towards like it's a kids movie, a kids, the kids, yeah. like it, it's it's hammed up for the purposes of like helping kids understand what's going on. Oh, totally in the film, which is why I'm so okay with it. Um, Watching, I'm just like Jack Black. You're a buffoon. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this might be my second favorite Jack Black movie. What's your top? Uh, the new Jumanji. I, I think seen it. I think he's better than new Jumanji. Oh god, you should watch them. They're in, impressively enjoyable. Surprisingly enjoyable. What I've heard. So. Yeah, they're surprising. It's on the list. Yeah. Maybe Christmas week. Yeah. Again. Once I get some time off to watch movies that aren't for this. Fair <laughs> sure. Or we just make it a topic. Hey, listen. Board game based movies. <laughs> I can think of three. That's... I can also think four. of three. Four. If you count two Jumanjis, I can think of four. Yeah, two Jumanjis, Battleship. Clue. And Clue, yeah. <laughs> Do we include chess? Do we include chess and checkers? They're board They're games. They're board games, yeah. If, eh. I don't uh, know. I don't know. That's... Othello? No, that's not based on the game. No. <laughs> no. Something else. <laughs> yeah, totally it's, it's else. good. It's, uh, stick it to the Maniosis. I'll always re- remember that line. Turn it sideways. Cello, he's got a bass. <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorite quotes. 
Miss Collins, you're the man. Thanks, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. Burn things. Well, then he gives all the kids weird nicknames. Turkey like, sub. Turkey sub. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy pants. <laughs> you're tacky, and I hate you. See me after school. <laughs> All right, we already really roasted Mr. Schneebly. We can move on to someone else now. <laughs> Schneebly, my pronouncing that right? Actually, it's Schneebly. Mr. Mr. S. He just tries writing Schneebly yeah. on the board. Oh, yeah. He puts I'm like Mr. four E's in it. He's like, I'm, no, yeah. no, Mr. S. C H E E E. You know what you call Mr. S. <laughs> I slept with the guy for how many years? Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, oh man. Uh, yeah. So that's my number five as well. Nice. Right. Good choice. Yeah, so let's move right along to match number four. Stars Born. Not on my list. Love this movie. Bradley Cooper did everything. If you know the backstory of this movie, it is a remake. However, he incorporated it to make it modern times. He wrote all the music. Bradley Cooper wrote all the music. He did this from start to finish. Great performances from Lady Gaga. Great performances from Sam Elliott. Uh, I think... Looking back at that Academy Awards, I think he sh- this one should have got a little more recognition than it did. It was the early favorite, then people started hating on it out of nowhere, and it kind of like died off. But I absolutely love this movie. This is the same year as Three Billboards, right? No. No. Was it the following year or the year before? I think it was the year after, year. yeah. Following year, okay. Um, I, I love this movie. Realistically, I mean... It was a really good movie, yeah. It, it easily could have been in my top five if one or two other movies didn't exist. It, it almost definitely would be. Because you, you nailed it. I mean, Lady Gaga is honestly remarkable. I did not think... Uh, it's her debut performance, right? She's never acted in anything, Well, she's been right? in American Horror Story. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She was in American Horror Story. Movie. I've, I've never even seen it. I just know. De- debut, debut movie, movie I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an impressive performance. Also to the point there, like, the studio desperately wanted Robert De Niro to play her father in the movie. And Bradley Cooper said, no, I want um, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> and he, like, held Pat and, like... Did it, and he nails his part too. And uh, this is like truly about music. Also, I'm not sure I even realized it was Andrew Dice Clay until this moment. Wow, really, really? He's a chameleon. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, this is definitely a pure about music movie. You got a rising star in Lady Gaga, a falling star in Bradley Cooper. They're kind of meeting at different points in their life. He kind of like, well, he definitely like like debuts her to the public like against her will but it becomes it is a great moment in the movie and he's strictly trying to mold her to be strictly about the music and not about the music business where like her ascension is like um and their relationship with her manager her manager is like really like more towards like the pop star like the villain of of the movie I guess that but, guy's a dickhead. Yeah, he he is, <laughs> and it leads to the unfortunate end of uh, yeah. Jackson Maine, whose fans are definitely called maniacs. Which was oh, why would they not be yeah. untapped potential? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't actually use that nope. terminology. No, right? they did not. That was a bad bad writing choice. They should have the only but... bad writing choice, really. I mean, yeah, it's a shot of a blog. It won best original song. But, of course um, it did. But nothing else. Bradley Cooper's incredible in it. He's really good. Yeah, who, was, I think he's he like was a, nominated for. He it. lost he was, to Rami Malek, who lip sank. But <laughs> I, I like his performance also. Like I'm not. I, that's a that's a fun movie as well. We might talk about it later on. But uh, um, Bradley Cooper did more, so I feel he deserves more. I don't know. That's he's a quadruple opinion. threat in this movie. Absolutely is. Act directed, sang, handsomed. Quadruple. <laughs> 
He does he ever un- not handsome? I don't think so. I don't no, think I'm either. pretty sure it's in his, in his contract for movies that he's just going to show up and handsome the crap out of everyone. Yeah, that's, sure. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I I don't know um, how big I'm going to go on a, the smallest tangent about do Bradley it. Cooper because I love Bradley Cooper. Um, do you guys watch Inside the Actors Guild, Actor Studio, whatever that? With James Lipton. James yeah, Lipton. James, I've, yeah. Yes. Those, I've they, never actually seen it, but I know it. I used to watch it a bunch, and at one point when I was watching it. Like, YouTube always has, like, the suggested things on the side. And one of them was, like, Times Bradley Cooper was on it. I was like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll watch this. Turns out, it was never... I think he was he was interviewed for it once as, like, the main guy. But he would be in the audience asking, like, one of the actors that was learning in the classroom for years. So Like, like, like he was a plant or he wasn't famous yet? No, he wasn't famous okay, yet. Okay, got it. So, James Lipton did the show for aspiring like it was essentially yeah, yeah, a classroom yeah. interview and then he eventually recorded them and okay them i got out. you so when um bradley cooper was going to school to be an actor he was constantly there and there's a point during all of these seminars where there's like a q a he's asking like these really intense questions to people like bobby de niro and i'm like this is this is almost intimidating for like the people on stage like yeah. they, there's not one person in that room that doesn't know that you're going to be fucking huge one day if you were ever going to play my adversary in a movie about being limitless, what would you do? <laughs> I'm sorry, do you have a, a concept for a movie? No, 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 no. I don't want to talk about it yet. It's not ready. All right. Joey, number four. Joey, number four. All right, number four. I don't know what got pulled up on my phone. My number four is Whiplash. Table that, I sir. thought so. Yes. My number four is Bohemian Rhapsody. Not on my list. Also not on my list. Okay. It's close-ish. I love Queen. I think that's this. This gets this gets bumped into my list, not necessarily because it's the best movie out there, but because I fucking love Queen. I fucking love Freddie Mercury, um, and Rami Malek did a really good job. Yes, he lip synced, which is problematic, especially when you go back once you learn that. It's f- it's fine. Like the, the problem all- is, how do you train someone to sing like Freddie Mercury? It, you can't. You can't. You can't. There, can't. there was only one. Right. Yeah. It's just just comparing performances yeah, yeah. for that year is I you know I have more respect for the person I actually sang. Sure. But, I yes. mean the same thing may come up with uh, another movie that we may or sure. may not talk about coming up here. Um, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, following the um, the rise and peak of uh, the, of Queen, and it's kind of all wrapped around Freddie Mercury. That's true, it is only Rise and Peak. There is no fall. There's no real fall. Um, the Rise and Peak, and I guess maybe Slow Burn, like, to the end. Like, they didn't fall necessarily, but they weren't on top of the world like they were. Well, they the are at the end of the movie. movie. Well, for that moment. <laughs> but, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Uh, it's it's generally shot through the eyes of Rami Malek, who's playing Freddie Mercury, um, but you do get a good amount of the rest of the guys. I think that was kind of what my concern was going into it, was that it was just going to be a Freddie Mercury biopic. But do you remember any of their names? Because I don't, Brian May. That's Brian the only May one I know. I know. got the curly hair. Yeah. And the the surviving members of the band had a lot of influence on this movie, which is why most of it's inaccurate. <laughs> like, there's so many inaccuracies with it, With the, which... All right, again, if you watch the movie for the pure enjoyment of the movie, that's fine. It's a really fun movie. It, it's, it's a, a, it's a movie. lot of fun, but but um, it's the the, the timeline they get 
especially towards the end is like so incredibly wrong. Yeah. It's I also feel and I and I think that this is something that you brought up to me shortly after we all watched the movie, like the week later. Um Freddie Mercury was not the first person to like go away and do solo stuff. No, they broke up a bunch of times. Yeah. And like <laughs> like the the only real drama in that movie is when like amongst the bandmates is when that happens. Yes. Everybody feels betrayed. But that never fucking happened. They all did it first. And Freddie was mm-hmm. the one who was like, no, 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 we're in Queen, though. Queen is the thing. Yeah, no. I mean, they the band took a break a lot of times. Of course. And recorded other albums. So, yeah. like, them leaving and him leaving to do his own thing was perfectly okay. That's, yeah, exactly. They were fine. You need you need conflict for the movie, and so to speak. But <laughs> Who wants to watch a two-hour biopic of everything is great with Queen? Exactly. exactly. It's going to be less fun that way. True. When they come back for Live Aid, which is so good. Oh, it's outstanding. The side-by-side. The side yeah. The side-by-side yeah, side on YouTube is, is unbelievable. Um, good on them. You also need you also need that breakup moment so that under pressure makes sense in in the movie because you can't not pressure. have it in there. Yeah. And they have their own Yoko. They do. The guy who gets blamed for tearing. Freddie, I guess, out of the shit. band. That guy sucked. That guy was a fucking yeah, asshole. He was lame. He is lame. I just have a problem with the diagnosis of his disease came years after Live Aid. Yeah. Like it's they, the movie really makes out like it was like him making that like doing that performance is such a struggle for him. Yet he ne- knocks out of the park. No, he just knocked out of the park because he's really good at what he does. Yeah, because he was still in his prime at the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Because I mean, that's the thing. The movie shoots it like they had gone on a break and he hadn't performed or sang in forever. And then so he got sick. Yeah. He got sick. And then he comes back and does all of like the warm ups, and he can't do it right. And like, we're not magically sh- can. Yeah. We're not sure how this is going to go. And then he gets out on the stage and it's like, perfect. It's not really accurate. You're right. Yeah. I mean, that kind of killed it for me. I like the movie a lot. <laughs> it's a good movie moment. <laughs> sure. Despite its inaccuracies. Sure. We saw it together. So that really made yes. me, almost tempted me to, to put it on there. Bubble it or something. Yeah. But, didn't quite make it. That was my most anticipated movie of that year. It was up there. And it me. lived up to expectation. It was good. Absolutely. Did we see it? We didn't see it in Dolby, did we? No. No. That was pretty That wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was that theater yeah. prior to them doing the work on it. Like that actual. Probably, yeah. 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 I can't imagine where else we would have seen it. <laughs> yeah. I just saw the movie theater in oh, Lowe's. the actual theater. It yeah, was yeah, like yeah. actual. Oh, is that actual yeah, theater? Yeah. Got you. It was, yeah, it was the large one. Yeah. And it was always great when we get to see movies together. Sure. I miss, I miss Happens that. so rarely, especially now. Yeah. Especially now. You can see Christmas Chronicles 1 and 2 at... Pass. <laughs> Hard pass. pass. I can see them here, and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess that wraps up Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> so that was your four? That was my four. Matt's number three coming in hot. Amadeus. Love that movie. Bubbled for me. Bubbled? Not on your list? Not, not, yeah, no. Outstanding movie. Again, filled with so many historical <laughs> inaccuracies. But everyone's dead. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's it's less easy to get that right. Oh, yeah. how long ago it was. But if you talk to historians, so I, yeah, let's, I guess, go into like the plot of the movie, yeah, the performances. Yeah. Um, as well. Uh, that movie killed at the Oscars. Best Picture. Oh, won like eight of them? Yeah. Jesus uh, Christ. I didn't realize it was that popular of a movie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. F. Murray Abraham won Best Actor for his portrayal of Sal- Salieri. And Jonathan Hulse. He was nominated. Was for... nominated for Best Actor. Yeah. They were co-leads Co- going, going, going head-to-head. Yep. And he's uh, incredible in as well. He plays Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. All things being equal, I think they made the right choice. Sure. If they were going to pick one of the two yeah. to win Best 
Best actor. That, that I think they made the. Right he's choice. the true lead. I mean, the, I think it, so. The story's about him. It's like, story's it's from him. Yes. It's, he frames it as the narrator. Why I love this movie is so Mozart's a child prodigy, and then he 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 gets like recognition for that. But it seems like his his music is so beyond people at this point in his life that no one truly appreciates ahead it of his time. except for Salieri who is his biggest rival and hates him for it yeah. and but like still loves his music loves his music but hates the person says how could god bestow this incredible gift on such a vulgar creature he calls him the creature throughout the yeah. entire film and he sets him up in a variety of different ways he's guilt-ridden because he contributed to his death and again this is the the true um definition of a reliable versus uh unreliable narrator you have no idea of what you're seeing it's exactly how it, it, it happened but it's interpreted by salieri of course so i love that that aspect of it and this the the, the simple fact like mozart's conducting all these operas and all this music that we know today and you see the emperor yawning <laughs> during it like it's just not his style he is so far ahead of the curve and the only person that sees it is his rival who's technically not even his rival right it's he yeah he doesn't think of him as they're his rival. in they're in the same field but he, he considers mozart his rival but mozart doesn't even Consider have a rival. No, he like, doesn't. I'm just gonna make music. But again, if you're so far ahead of the game, if you're so far in front of what everybody else is making, of course you don't really think of him as a rival. Right. Further, you just showed up to this place. You're, this isn't where you're from. You're not around friends or family. You're right, like any other musician who are the type of people that you would connect to. You're going to have like an, an affinity to to them, and that's what that's what this was. I mean, Mozart was a bit of a jerk he's a vulgar guy he's, he's a vulgar. very rude he's he's young and immature <laughs> yes he's young and that's exactly it he's young and immature so is like 20 years his senior probably something right. like that in terms of the movie yes yeah. yeah i mean i i think that some of the things that they i remember seeing this movie i should say when i was in the sixth grade i watched it same for, i think i watched it in music class. yes yeah, same. I watched it school. School. I the, part, the parts you can watch yeah. yeah i watched it in music and i fell in love with this movie i was like this is I, I, was, I think it may have been one of the first times in my life that I was like, oh, this is what good film is. Like, I knew, like, I like Star Wars and stuff, and those are great films, sure, but as far as, like, actual film being art, this was the first one I watched. I was like, I get it now. And the performances, Salieri's performance, especially when he, like, gets his heart broken, like, right out the gate, where he's like, I wrote you this piece for a show. Like, he On the knew, march? Yeah. Yeah, he's like... I knew you were coming. I wanted to write a piece to like welcome you. And Mozart just sits down and is like, it doesn't sound right though. And like tweaks it for like 30 seconds. How about this seconds? way better version of it? To give the scene a little more justice, because it's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's he writes the piece, he's really excited, he wants to play it for Mozart. Yeah, yeah. He tells the Emperor, Hey, I wrote this thing, it's gonna be really cool. The Emperor's like, Oh, this is delightful, I'm gonna play it for him. And Salieri in his head's like Damn it! <laughs> yes, that's, that's right. So the he's emperor like, You're not going to play it so much as butcher it, are you? He's struggling through it, yeah. and he finally gets through it. And Mozart walks in. They have their little introduction. They talk shop for a bit, and then uh, the emperor's like, "Ah, here's this music's for you. It was composed by Salieri." And he goes, "Nah, I don't need that shit. I have it all up in my head." So like Salieri's like, you see his face, like yeah. he's smiling, instant like grimace like what do you mean it's all in your head like how could you like refuse my gift which is so rude you say yeah, thank it you is. you take exactly. it you walk out the door but he goes the emperor's like all right prove it so he sits down plays it right and he goes the rest is just the same right 
that's eh, not quite right. Let, did you try this? And then yeah, he makes it. He just elevates yep. it. Yeah. And like everyone's like shocked, impressed, and the Salieri's getting like more pissed and more pissed yeah. and more pissed and he can't say like a damn word. Then he does his like uh his infectious laugh that uh is startles it, people. Is it infectious? <laughs> For it's him. like a crazy person laugh, that's, right? That's yeah. kind of my least favorite thing of the movie. Is this high pitched laugh? Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. I can't stand it. Because it's like out of nowhere. Oh, no, it is out of nowhere. And it like frightens people. It does. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, Amadeus is really good. I just, as the Emperor would say, too many notes. Too many notes? Too long for it's you? It's so long. Well, they're, they're, How they long could, is it? It's The director's cut is three hours. Yes. And I think it's 240, not director's cut, which you can't find no. online or anywhere. The. So, the main inclusion the main with the director's cut is, is the uh, the Stanzi Stanzi visiting Salieri, yeah, yeah. yeah, visiting him, which which apparently gives more context to the scene in the end of the movie where she's like, "I have no servant to show you out." Right, right, right. So it didn't make sense so much in the theatrical cut. It makes more sense in this, but you could have just cut out some of the, I guess, performance scenes. I don't think you needed to watch. I don't. I didn't feel like we needed to watch quite as much of the operas. I yeah, like we, I think I feel like we like get we like, got full, the, like ten we got the clips gist of, of it. Yeah. I like the music though. No, the music is good. Yeah, like, but when it's pushing three hours, I don't know. It's a, the fat. It's not as it's not a, as fast as a three hours as Endgame is, but it moves close. It moves enough for me. But again, I want to see the theatrical cut so badly because I never have, and I, I I'm in agreement. It, it yeah. is a, a t- tad bit long. I, I just love the movie so much. No, it's it's, it's good. It's a solid choice for your number three. And it's real quick. The director of this is Milos Forman. Yep. And he, the actress originally chose to play Stanzi, like broke her ankle, so they couldn't use her anymore. And they already had begun filming. So they flew two actresses in. I don't know the name of the woman actually gets the part. But they were like on set filming, and he still hasn't, hadn't made up his mind. It's Elizabeth something. Elizabeth Hendridge, Hendridge maybe? I will tell you in a second. Okay. Don't worry. I'll continue with the story. Um, Elizabeth Berridge. Berridge, that's it. So, he has to, it's like, to the point where, hey, one of these people is going to get paid, one isn't, you got to make up your mind. So he chooses her, because he said, well, in history, Mozart's wife wasn't, like, nearly, uh, uh, as attractive as she should have been, and you're the least attractive of the two. You got wow. The wow. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> she's a good-looking lady. Yeah, I think she's fine. But, yeah. Amadeus. Great choice. Great choice. Going in, I thought that was going to be my number one. Really? Yeah, I just, I thought, I wanted to like it so much more than I did. And I was like, it's good, but... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. What are we up to now? My number three? Yes. My number three. I highly doubt you guys have this. This is where my list gets a little unconventional, because it's my list. Number three is Kubo and the Two Strings. Nice. Nope. Never seen it. Not on my list. Never seen it. You should watch it. I recommend everyone watch it. It's a it's a fun it's an animated it's stop motion animation. It is it stars Rickon from Game of Thrones Ooh. as Kubo. It's Charlize Theron. It's um, Matthew McConaughey. Something happens to his dad. His mother hides him away from the Night King, who's played by oh god, it's Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. Rafe. Rafe. And he has magic powers that he uses through his guitar to play origami into motion and he uses it to tell stories and fight battles and that's then cool he goes on an epic quest to find three pieces of legendary armor i watched about 
45 minutes of this movie. And you didn't finish it? I fell asleep on the plane. Whoa. I was on a plane. <laughs> Hope you were really tired. Oh, I had pulled, I had I hadn't slept for like two and a half weeks at that point. You were still alive? I mean, I not literally hadn't slept for two and a half weeks, <laughs> but amazing I amazing core. I had like I was working, I was doing my traveling job and I was Okay. I was on the road for like three weeks straight and the dude I was splitting a room with snored real, real bad all Ooh, night. Oh no. So like maybe an hour a night and then like during the day when he finally woke up I would sleep until Right around when I... Like, so I hadn't slept very much. Um, so we got on the plane to go home, and it was there, and I was like, ooh, I, I really wanted to watch this. 45 minutes in, out like a lamp, so... I know the first 45 minutes is stellar. I love this movie. It's it's such a good time. I feel like I say that a lot. You do. Yeah. You talk, you talk I like really movies well that are, movie. I like movies that are a good time. Sure. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got... It's, it's a family film. I think it's, like, rated PG... Okay. But it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of good moments in it. I'm trying to. I can't remember the does director's he, name. Does he try to get the rest of the strings? No, there's no. There's no more strings. It's, it's, yeah. Can't play. It's not even. <laughs> it's half a cello. It's half a bass. It's Kubo and the two strings. Actually, it might have three strings on this thing, on his <laughs> instrument. So I don't know why it's called that. It's a metaphor for I would something. I hate it for that reason. <laughs> no, you won't. It's great. Search to that. If there yeah, actually yeah. is three strengths on it, it would put me out of it immediately. <laughs> That's the only thing I'd be thinking I think about. There might be. Maybe he's the third string. Like it's oh, Kubo okay. and the two strings. So Kubo is one of the strings. He named one of the strings Kubo. Yeah. Is yeah, that also maybe. the main character's name? Kubo? Yeah, Kubo. Yeah. So he named a string after himself. Maybe he didn't name the strings. He's not that weird. Well, it could have been. It could have had like all the strings and like when it was his dad's because it was passed down, right? Isn't it like a no? His dad thing? was a warrior. Okay. It's a movie that's come up on several podcasts I listen to and and movie shows and I've just it's, I've never seen it. I've if I ever come across it on a streaming site, I'm sure I'm gonna sit down and watch it. Is it not it. on Disney Plus? No, it's not a Disney movie. I thought it was a yeah. Disney. Movie. I saw it a long time ago on Netflix, and okay. then I was hoping for this. It was gonna be still on Netflix. It wasn't, so I had to pay for it. But would pay for again. Really good. Yeah, you just bought it at that point. I should have. But Blueberry wouldn't have gotten here in time. It's on my long list of things yeah. I have to see. Directed by Travis Knight. It was his first movie. He also did Bumblebee. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so he's... Good track he's record. Got, yeah, he makes he's got decent good movies. Yeah. So I'm a fan. Very cool. And that's my number three, which is Kubo and the Two Strings. Sweet. Corey, you're up. All right, I'm going to bring up the table from earlier, uh, straight out of Compton. Right okay. on. I, this, this movie hit a number of chords for me that were... Right, uh, it, it, yeah, right. It, it also is right place, right time. I, there's there's just a lot of things that go into why I love this movie so much. But before going too far, it is essentially the story of um, the rap group NWA. The start and this is actually a rise and fall of the rap group NWA. Sure. Um, is Dre and who else? Dre, Ice, Ice T. T. No, Ice Cube. Cube. Whoa. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Dre, Ice Cube. Um, Easy E. Easy E's. Is there four? There's Biggie? Biggie's not in there, no. Right? No, there, no, no, There's no. five or six different yeah. undescript members that we... Uh, they're in Me, they're... but aren't really. Yes. Aren't those three. Um, I love the fact that Ice Cube's kid plays young yes. Ice Cube. That was... That's awesome. Uh, it, you know what? It just helps put me in like seeing it, right? Because sure. they they look similar. They look very similar. So oh, like, uh, makes it, sense. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's like you see him on screen and you feel like you're listening to Ice Cube talking and do all that. You get a a wonderful 
performance from Paul Giamatti. Very good. Yeah, he's great in this movie. Is he the manager or something? Mm-hmm. Jerry. Mm. Jerry something. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I just think that this movie is powerful for the message that it's trying to tell. And how the things that they were singing about still kind of play a role in modern political discourse today. Um, these things don't go away. People want to think that they go away, and they don't. And that's kind of what's great about uh, that is what is great about Straight Outta Compton. Uh, it's it gets I guess it's the birth of gangster rap because prior to that rap was more like I think it's gangsta, gangsta, gangster, whatever. Um, <laughs> singing more about uh, or 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 performing more about fun things like yeah, De, La, De La Soul and uh, the Slick Rick and all that. And so um, just the fact that. I think Ice Cube in the movie. Anyway, I don't know how accurate this is a portrayal. I'm not even that fond of rap music to begin with. I just thought it was like a really interesting story that they were telling. He's more the lyricist of like the main three. Dre is more of the musically inclined, and Easy E was a criminal who had money that was able to kind of like get them on the right foot, and then he actually becomes a rapper because they can't find anybody else. Or the person that they hired to perform one of their songs just bowed out. They had a disagreement, so they put him in the booth, and he nails it. And he becomes a really good performer. And he starts Ruthless Records. And by starting Ruthless Records, he kind of put his criminal past behind him in order to fund it. And then um, Paul Giamatti's character, Jerry, I wish I knew his last name in it because he's still alive to this day. And he hates it's not Bruckheimer, is it? No. He hates the movie. Of course he does. I mean, it doesn't paint him in the <laughs> no, best light. No, he's the, I guess he would be the, the antagonist. The, yeah, really. him and the police. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, that police, yeah. And uh, it's just, it's really good. The performances, they, they kind of knock out of the park. If Ice Cube's son playing oh, yeah. Ice Cube is How trippy tremendous. do you think that is for Ice Cube to watch? I mean, he had a very, very heavy hand. His son playing hand. young yeah. him. He, uh, he had a very heavy hand in making the movie I guess happen. that would make sense. Um, so as far as historically speaking... Uh, Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller, okay. that's it. Uh, as far as historically speaking, this is so far probably one of the more accurate ones. Really, the only thing that they don't get right in this is actually Easy Eat. Um, Ice Cube, great lyricist. That is 100% correct. Sure. Dre, Beats, yes. Easy e the, the money, the, that part of it, the money and the yeah. criminal connection is totally true. But he was never able to become a good rapper. He's... He, yeah, they, they had to rehearse and, like, coach him how to sing the songs pretty much his entire career. The only thing I know, and again, this is me watching the movie and doing research after the fact, I think on a Rolling Stone list of, like, top 50 rappers he's ridiculously high oh yeah he's like top 15 yeah but but that's one of the like they figured it out yeah, yeah. I, I would i would agree more with that since he figured it out because he his live performances are great also oh yeah like think... his studio performances yes like if they make it painstakingly obvious obvious early on they had to really work yes, with him and correct. do yeah. take after take after take yeah. but uh yeah he he you know comes into his own oh sure sure and I mean, you're right. The like the the fact that he was able to to use this to grow past that is a powerful is a powerful moment. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think that one of the other things that doesn't get talked about as much, and and while this is the birth of gangster rap, two of the three people who are the originators of gangster rap were music nerds. Like they they were straight up music nerds in high school. But just saw this void that is dying to be filled, really. It's like, these people are trying to sing music to people like us, but we don't connect to it. So why don't we write and make music for people like us to connect to? And it exploded. 
Yeah, right place, right time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, I mean, they did want to write. Like Ice Cube did want to write about this stuff, and he did write about this stuff, but he had no interest in doing what was popular hip hop at the time. He wanted to write what he Something connected more edgy, to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, edgy is whatever, but like, he wanted to make it applicable to him. He can, you can put more yeah. passion into a song that you have real deep connection to the words too. It's such he's yeah, such you don't a want visionary. To go through the motions. Yeah. Can make exactly. an argument he's a Sammy Davis Jr. of his time, right? Sure. He starts great outstanding performer, went into a different media field and, and movies. He wrote Friday, I mean yeah. and that's in the movie, like in Straight of Compton, you see him writing Friday. Like it's <laughs> really <laughs> really on the head on that. Yeah, yeah. so I mean he's you know, he's truly tremendous. Yeah, I I, I Love the shit out of it. Is that streaming anywhere? Because I kind of want to watch it. I, I'll lend it to you. I okay. have it. Perfect. Yeah. I, I think I had to pay to rent it. Because I watched it again for this. I got that from Mr. Cheapo's in Comac. I uh, traded in all my DVDs and I got store credit. <laughs> I traded in all my DVDs and I got one copy of Straight Outta Compton on Blu-ray. Honestly, not bad. <laughs> Depends on how many DVDs you have. True. I, yeah, so yeah, I got store credit. That was one of the ones I picked up. So Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we are on to math number two. Oh, is it? Yeah. It is my number two. It is. Uh, it's a table from earlier, Whiplash. Okay. Nice. Whiplash is phenomenal. I mean, this movie kind of snuck up on me. Uh, I only watched it because J.K. Simmons was nominated for Best Supporting Actor and I never heard of it. And I sat there and for a movie about a kid trying to be a, a jazz drummer in a private school... And a lot of the film is him in a practice room by himself or him in rehearsals with J.K. Simmons, who's his overbearing teacher. I'm on the edge of my seat, and this guy's playing a musical instrument. Like, that movie does stuff to you. Yeah, it's a lot more compelling than it has any business being. It's it's so good. And just, he's the kid is obsessed, and the teacher is so overbearing. It's a little controversial, especially with the end. It's basically abuse. It, it, it's, it's not basically yeah, abuse. It, I think is. it just is it's abuse. Full off, yeah. It's full of uh, mental abuse, right? Yeah. The mental anguish he goes through. But like, does the end justify it? I got into this argument actually we, at Thanksgiving. We, I, I mean, I know we've already talked about it when I saw the movie. Right. So like, kind of. It does, right? Yeah, so like it's, in some weird, sick way. It's a mixed message. Yeah. It it truly is, but um, if you haven't seen it, J.K. Simmons, Miles Tenner, right? Teller, Teller, Miles Teller. They're the uh, two main leads. He's an aspiring um, jazz drummer. Jazz drummer, and J.K. Simmons is is the teacher. And J.K. Simmons is rude to everybody in his band, but in his sick, twisted way, he's trying to push them to the limit. Yeah, the, to, be- the better you are, the more rude he is to you. Or the to, more potential you show. To make you great yeah and you don't know if he's being rude to be a dick or if he's, or if he's being rude to uh um drive you forward drive you forward to greatness and there's a true breaking point the fact that he gets a girlfriend and breaks up with his girlfriend for literally no reason it's almost an unnecessary part of the movie it just shows how sick he is yeah, yeah. <laughs> no he's very very tunnel visioned on this it's, it's, it's the scene goes hey this isn't gonna work because i got a drum i, I got a drum i'm gonna make it and you're just gonna want to hang out and be a distraction i gotta focus on my drumming and she pretty much says so i could potentially be a distracting for you being a good drummer and he goes yeah yeah you see it <laughs> it's unreal yeah if I, if I could ding the movie for anything it would be that part of the story but okay 
it's a really good movie. Like J.K. Simmons is amazing. So good. I'm not usually a huge Miles Teller fan, but he fits this character. It works. That's probably the most surprising part about this movie for me. I know J.K. Simmons has got the chops. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, he does do an incredible performance in this. Undoubtedly. But Miles Teller is like, hold on, this guy can actually act too? Like... Uh, I think Miles Teller is great and has always been great. I just usually don't like him in movies. I usually do not like him in movies. He doesn't play a great character most of the time. He has a very, like... He's He's not the best at leading. He doesn't have a lot of those... The kid Andrew in this is kind of a jerk, so it works. Yes, like he just has a. He's, he's got better when he has an roles. attitude to yes. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Man, when they try to straight lace him, it doesn't work as well. He's hated throughout Hollywood too. Like, like really? Yeah, I think he's he's very full of himself, huh. and he doesn't get as many roles as he should, in my opinion. But but it's he's all talented. It's it's self inflicted. Mm. But uh, he's uh yeah. I've, if you haven't seen Whiplash, definitely check it out. It's uh. This, the language is quite strong. Oh yes, but um, the the music is incredible and the uh, performances are great. And, Paul Reiser's uh, in it. Paul Reiser is in it. Mad, oh. mad about you. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a gripping gripping movie for sure. That's all I got. All right, my number two, which is a small chance where or uh, there's a chance we're tabling, but uh, my number two is Mr. Holland's Opus. Made my bubble. Wow. This is your first time seeing it? Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. That movie's so good. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. It's on Disney Plus if you want to watch. It's Richard Dreyfus as a composer. So there's a second movie we're talking about about a composer. Sure. And teacher, like School of Rock. Yeah. He ends up being a teacher (laughs) because he has to pay the bills somehow to... It's like a temporary thing so he can just compose for years afterwards. And he just stays a teacher, and he's got so many students whose lives he touches throughout the entire tenure of the thing. He's there for, like, what, 30 years? Yeah. No, go ahead. Teaching's always his plan B. Yeah. Right? He's always like, this is temporary. I'm going to make it as a composer. I'm writing this great symphony. Everyone's going to love. I'm not going to do this very often. And it winds up becoming his life. Yeah, he just becomes the best teacher he can be. So this is, you know, this was really, really painfully hard for me not to put in my five this was the hardest cut for me i there's a i mean if you've listened to us talk for an extended period of time you know that i'm a teacher i've always wanted to teach i've loved uh being in education for as long as i have and can't wait to do it for the next 30 years but when i was a kid and i knew i wanted to be a teacher there are certain performances that like are like confirm that like i want i like this is what teaching is this is one of those this is one of those movies i it just seems so rewarding it it, like yeah he does make it feel rewarding um i yeah the way that the way that they weave education into it despite it not being what he want like wants to be doing air quotes were used air quotes were used in that sentence (laughs) fuck my life um consider it being like his true plan B was teaching how important it became to his life is just such a... It became his plan A. Yeah. It had to. And yeah. it's never more so evident when they try to take that away from him by budget cuts and then cutting the music program. Yeah. It's just different aspects of his life. Like, he has a son. 
He loves music. His son is deaf and he can't appreciate. That's the one common thing that he could bond with his son over. He can't do it, right? Yeah. So it's like kind of an estranged relationship. And he kind of has to learn how to like incorporate music into his son's life. And it's just, it's beautiful. It truly yeah. is. So many emotional gut punches in this movie. Terrence Howard's in this movie. Terrence Howard. Well, young <laughs> Terrence Howard as Lewis Russ. That's right. That's my favorite part of the movie when we teach him how to drum. That's it's a such, really good part. It's such a motivating little montage of him teaching him because he's the coach is like, "Have you really tried though?" And he's like, "I could try harder." And then he does it. Yeah, well, it's that, he's been that's, kind of fifty-fifty-ing it. It's yeah. a great scene. He yeah. tells him like, "Look, this kid can't do it." He was like, "I yeah. don't understand how a kid giving his all you can't make do this." Yeah. And he goes, well, "I just can't do it." Then he goes, "Then you're a bad teacher," and that like sticks with Mister yeah. Holland. He's like, "I'm not a bad fucking teacher." <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't want to ruin this kid's future because he can't teach him to play a drum right. The end of that scene, uh, or I guess that moment, is um, the end of that montage, I guess, is my favorite when he stops the band. Because early on, he stops the band because oh, yeah, this yeah. kid can't play. His, and then he stops the band and he goes, congratulations, you found the beat. And everyone claps. And yeah. oh, it stands That's up so cheer. good. It's so good. Yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah, I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad I saw it, too. This is crazy that it's that high on your list for having seen it once. And I. It was almost one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's really good. And the Rotten Tomato score is far too low on that, by the way. What is it? It is a 75. Bullshit. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Bullshit. We're talking, we're talking a floor of 85. I, you could tell. If you told me the floor, floor was... Yeah, I'd I consider a floor at 90. I'm Fair fine enough. with that. Without looking up Kubo, because I don't have that information in front of me, the lowest rated movie on this list is Bohemian Rhapsody. 52? 52? Uh, I think Kubo's in the 90s. 60. 60%. 60%. So not Rotten. Kubo's in 97. Oh. That would be the highest one on this list, then. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Word. <laughs> so we are on to... Are, are we done with... You're, you're two. You're we two. Got your two. No, no, that's one. But we're, you're good? You're happy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, Mr. I'm Holland. Happy. I Nailed watched it. It was great. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two. My number two is Almost Famous. Table that, sir. Yeah, that makes sense. That bubbled for me. <sighs> really? Yeah. You guys are going to hate my one. Don't worry about it. Uh, legit, legit. I know Corey's one already. Legit coin yeah, yeah. flip. As I was going over this list this week, it was a straight-up coin coin flip at the end. Sure. Love My it. wife is mad at me. That's legitimately <laughs> was like, you did what? You did what? You put that... Are you... Well, the good news is we get to talk about it right now. Yeah, because, because it's my number one. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's technically a table, but it's, not really. Yeah, it's a table, but we're at the end of the twos. So. We're going to start right. talking Almost about it. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Almost famous. Cameron Crowe's actual life, apparently... <laughs> Is Relatively, it? yeah. He he was a writer for Rolling Stone, so oh, okay. it's uh, he t- he toured and apparently made an amalgam of five different bands. Yes, to make Stillwater. Stillwater is the fictional band. You can it make is. an argument they're the best fictional band of all time. I'll make that argument. <laughs> I don't know enough fictional bands to. You know plenty if you think about it. I do, but I'm running, not I'm running through them just to make sure because I don't think I have any band that can top it. Okay. I, I think they play right. very little music for me to know. They play enough. Crazy Dog, bro. <laughs> they play enough. Fever Dog? Fever, fever Dog. It's Fever Dog, dog yeah. <laughs> uh, I absolutely am head over heels in love with this movie. I think that this movie came out at a right time for me. It was... It dealt with things that I was going through at the time. Um, Trying to be... Trying to... Figure yourself out as like a mid middle teen 
is a weird thing and to have this type of situation be your summer of like 15 is pretty crazy um the relationships that are built and go throughout this movie are complex and interesting and surprisingly passionate um so the the story is about a a 15 year old senior in high school he's so smart that he got like put in school like years early um that gets a job writing for rolling stone to write 2,000 words on this band Stillwater, and Stillwater lets him follow, like let lets him tour, so he can get the story. Is is the broad strokes of what this movie is about? So he, yeah, he, he was um, lied to as a kid because th- I they think were. I, I yeah, think he was. Like, like he was lied to, and I think the mom lied to the school, and that's why he's a senior. Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's they, not like it's not like they skipped him two grades. She no, no, just no, no. told him she he was. She advanced him. Older, she yeah, yeah. advanced him a grade. Yeah, unbeknownst to everyone. Yes. So she put him in early because she saw how bright he was. And then they advanced him and a grade. Then yeah. they advanced him. A grade. Oh, okay. So, but he thinks he's a year younger than everybody else. He's actually two years yeah. younger than everybody yeah. else. So. Everybody else was thirteen, like growing, like doing like the. He was eleven. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleven. He's eleven. Yeah. That I fucking forgot. One, how many people are in this movie? Oh, there's a lot. There's so yeah, many people. So many people in this movie. I totally forgot. And. Two, I forgot the scene in the back of the car when he yells, when he screams 11. Yeah. That is a great scene. It is. No, it's a fucking wonderful scene. Good child acting in that, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's a nerd. He's a he's not cool he's at not all. Cool. They make it abundantly clear we this kid he's is a cool. freaking nerd, right? So he, he, uh, he writes for a school paper. He writes about music. Everybody hates it. He starts writing for Cream Magazine. And, um... Oh, what the hell's his name? Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes, but the guy he played... Lester Bangs yes. is a real guy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he... Lester Bangs gives him his shot, right? So, you write for me, whatever. And, um... So, he, his original assignment is to write a thousand words on Black Sabbath. Was it a thousand or was it like two hundred? A thousand yeah. words on Black Sabbath. Okay. And then, uh... He goes to the show. He can't get in. Because he's not on the list, right? Of and course. no one believes he has a press pass because he's a 15-year-old. So he gets in with the groupies. Mm-hmm. And he get no, actually gets in with Stillwater, right? Stillwater's late to their show, and they're he, opening he for Black Sabbath. He makes friends with, they're not group, what are they called? Band-Aids. 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 They're groupies. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, but they call themselves Band-Aids. <laughs> yes. They call themselves Band-Aids. The Band-Aids try to get him in. And they, the guy says, this guy says, no, not him. Yeah. Because him. he came up and kept knocking on the door and be like, no, but I'm, I'm press. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they kept being like, nah, bitch. <laughs> so Stillwater shows up late, and they refer to him as the enemy. We don't like Rock Rider. Like, they're a very stereo- stereotypical band, but, like, they're supposed to be for the sake of the movie. That's what is, like, so great about them. Like, no, Rock Riders are the enemy. We're about the music. We don't need you. You come with us on this bus. So, yeah, he compliments them. Yeah. And, like, he calls, like... I Ru- could be incendiary. Yeah, he calls yeah. Russell Hammond incendiary, and then the the lead singer, played by Jason Lee, is like, I'm incendiary too, man. Let's go. And they... they Get him in. They get him in. And that's when he meets Penny Lane, the... Uh... Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. First role ever. Is it her first role? It's her first role ever, and she um, auditioned and was casted as uh, the older sister, Zoe Deschanel's character. Oh. Yeah. and then... I think they made the right choice. Sure. It wasn't Zoe Deschanel uh, for Penny Lane. I, th- okay. I forgot who it was, but they just kind of like bumped her up. Yeah, that would have been weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rain Wilson. Famous as uh, Dwight Schrute is in this movie. Yep, for very, 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 very short. Briefly. He's one. Of, he's one of the. He's one of the guys at Rolling Stone. Jay Baruchel's in it. Matt Damon's at the end, right? No. What am I thinking of? He's not fighting for us, <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> too many. I reached too far. Um, Jay Baruchel's in it. He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
There's a weird yeah. Zeppelin groupie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it, he gets thrust into the world of wanting to and being able to be near bands, but not being big enough to really be noticed by the bands. And I think that's what, like, yeah, Stillwater brings him along and they're like, hey, he's going to write a fluff piece about us and make us look cool, and that's great, so we'll keep him along for as long as we can. We hate him, but we want to make the cover. And they, and he does. And I mean... Another cool aspect of it is Rolling Stone wants his story without having meeting him. So he's acting older, right? Yeah, he's on the phone. Deepens, he deepens his, voice. his voice. And I think it's a true coming-of-age story because he's... A kid in an adult in an adult world, even yeah. though he's very mature for his age. But one of my favorite scenes of the movie is when um he wakes up after losing his virginity yep. to a phone call from Rolling Stones, Rolling Stone magazine, and they ask him how the story is going, and he like he he, he makes gives him something a line up that Lester Bangs. Told yeah, him exactly, exactly. So that's really Banks. cool. I'll try to get you a thousand more words. Now he's freaking out, right? Because he doesn't have anything at this point because the band's not being cooperative because they're. Being a band, they're out partying and everything. He can't interview Russell. And he can't he interview, can't interview Russell. pretty much anybody. So then... Uh, well, he doesn't really care about interviewing anyone else. Well, and that's, that's kind of half of his man. problem. That's yeah. a whole dynamic also. But yes, so at that moment, Fruzabalk's like, all right, cool, can you take our laundry? And he like freaks out. He's like, what am I to you? And, and he winds he up taking the laundry. laundry. And he knocks on Russell's door. And Russell tells him, go the fuck away. He has no idea like who it is. And he sits down and he cries. And he's yeah. crying for two reasons. A, he's in love with Penny Lane, and Penny's in there. And B, he is way over in his way over his head, yeah. and he's a kid, he's and he just wants depth, to yeah. go home. I think <laughs> it point. all comes crashing down right around then, and the whole story and like this weird fantasy world that he had been living in for the last however many months all kind of starts closing in around him right in that moment, um, which is just such a it's a, it's a weird powerful. It's like what thirty seconds, maybe, from yelling about wanting the clothes to being told to set the to go the fuck away. Yeah, it's like a minute. It's like a minute, maybe. It, it's weird how much happens in that sixty seconds of time. His face when he's at the airport at the end after Rolling Stone pulls the story. Yeah. Is again as far as like moments in the movie that like I forgot how stellar the performances were. That's one of the ones that I definitely forgot about. I remember him like just kind of like, kind of sitting and being glum in an airport, and like he bumps into his sister. No, this kid doesn't know which way is up. He doesn't know how to get home. He has no idea what the fuck is going on There's in a that airport. Bootleg cut of this that I really want to see. Everyone, like, if you do a little research on the movie, that's the one version they say is like the true version of the movie like i've only seen the I, I think i've seen the director's cut but there's like an additional cut and i haven't seen this movie until like a couple years ago like it like fell through the cracks for, for really? me like i've always known about it and yeah. i always heard it was good but uh yeah i think there's a lot of like extra moments in there to add to that gra- to the to the um the uh, gravitas gravitas of that scene because i always wondered like did he just randomly run into his sister there? That's like really like by chance. Like <laughs> I think so every every time I've watched the movie, I've looked at that scene a little differently. And in that moment, this time around, because I watched it two days ago, um, because I wanted to make sure it was really fresh in my mind for this, because no, I knew how Pam, I was. I think it's be. number two. <laughs> no, I thought it was number one. Coin flip happened. Anyways, um, I watched it this time around, and I think. 
you know, it does a, this movie does a really weird job, or good job, I should say, at obscuring length of time. Like, yeah, they tell you, like, the cities and stuff, and you know that time is passing, but we don't generally know if it's a week or if it's a month. You don't know how long he's been... We don't know how long... Like, I think he was legitimately... Everything up to that point, Rolling Stone had been paying for... Is Rolling Stone a monthly magazine? Yes. Then it's less than a month. That, that that's it's not over sure, a sure, month. Sure. No, yeah. no, I get like the the amount that, of time he's on tour. Right. I'm saying between when Rolling Stone pulls and when he sees his sister in the airport, it could have been a day, it could have been a week. Like, oh, oh, I think it's fairly quick. Could be, but <laughs> I think that he legitimately didn't know how to get home. Probably, I would agree with that. And he happens to like luck or otherwise runs into his sister. I I just like the fact that he's he's not even trying to get home. Is I think the way I look at it. Or like, he feels like he's a failure. In this moment, he feels like he's a failure. Yeah, but it's like not his fault. Like that's like that's the whole thing. He, what are you laughing at? <laughs> this is basically Zero's talking hero is almost famous. Like I feel like we're just telling the entire movie. It's his Sorry. two. It's my one. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm just saying. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We can move on. We can. We can definitely move on. I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about, it, but I feel like we shouldn't like give them every aspect of the plot and be like, well, you don't need to see this movie anymore if you haven't seen it. See the movie. <laughs> Definitely see the movie. See the uh, bootleg cut. Like, I want to talk about these movies too, but I feel like we need to do it, like, afterwards more or something. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. Okay. I'm not trying to be a dick. Fair. You're not. <laughs> this was, I mean, we also certainly spent more time on Almost Famous than we have in yeah. all the other well, movies. Yeah, well, I love Almost Famous. Damn it. It's, it's really like, good. One of my favorite fucking movies. Yeah. Is your bubble movie? It is. You only bubbled this fucking movie? It almost it was gonna be in my five, and then I had a moment where I was in my car driving, and I was like, "Fuck, I forgot Whiplash." Oh, Whiplash supplanted this. Yeah. Okay. I'm so curious to find out. out what your number one is. Mr. Holland Opus is really, really good, and so is Almost Famous. I said the wrong damn movie. You <laughs> did. I was read Mr. Allen's opus and thought almost. They're famous. both really good. They're both movies. really good movies. So can't go wrong. Joe. I, so we're on your number one now. That was his. Number that one. was my number one. That was almost famous. We're on yeah. Joe's yeah. number yes, one. Joe's number one. My number one. Who you guys are gonna hate, or what you guys are gonna hate? Uh, my number one. If I'm being true to myself, my favorite movie about music is Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. <laughs> Side list for me. Did you actually see it for this? I not for this, but I've oh, seen it. I didn't know you'd seen it. Yeah. Sorry. Oof. <laughs> what? It's just so crazy that I. I it, it's a good movie. Seventy-nine percent rent, man. It is. It's a good movie. It's just not. I think it's one of the most underrated movies there is. I got. I'm gonna have to watch it again. That's a bold statement. It's a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> to me. Okay. Okay. I feel it doesn't get the recognition it does. So you don't recognize it as much as you. Oh, I do. Okay. <laughs> it's number one. It's number one. <laughs> It is a great comedy. It's a fictional, basically, mockumentary about the music business, which I guess the world wasn't ready for because this movie made no money when it came out. Is it out. a mockumentary? Kinda. Well, I mean, it's following the life of, like, a day in the life of an artist. But it's not like a like a Spinal it, Tap mockumentary. Like, it's, it's... He's a fake music artist, and it's a ridiculous movie. Right. It's more of like a fake biopic. Sh- sure. Okay. Oh, maybe I just used the wrong word. That's fine. Yeah, I might have been hung up on the mockumentary part. That's sure. fair. It's like a like a fake biopic. Yeah. Would you compare it more to this is Spinal Tap or Walk, Walk Hard. Hard? It's Walk Hard. Yeah. Except for I was I haven't seen either of those movies, but okay. based on what I know about it, I'm assuming it's Walk Hard. Yes. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's a fictional <laughs> biopic. Yeah. Okay. Andy Samberg is great. Jorma Tacombe directed this. One of the other guys in the Lonely Island. They're all in this. 
There's a million cameos in this movie. Tim Meadows. Any movie with Tim Meadows. You love Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows is great. You love Tim Meadows. He's very underrated. Much like this movie. <laughs> it's a really funny movie. It's very funny. I just I feel like it doesn't get its due. And I've seen this movie for me, I've seen this movie like four times. I don't rewatch movies a lot. And I will gladly watch this movie over and over again. It's like eighty eight minutes long. It's the perfect length for this kind of movie. Can't get enough of it. Next week's number one for me. I, it's it's similar to this. Okay. Like it's yeah. I'm like you know what? Damn What's the topic next week? Fine, fine, oh, Christmas. Yeah. Fine, being honest, this is <laughs> yeah. the best Christmas. <laughs> like I was like, I don't know. Maybe Amadeus could be my one. Maybe I should put Mr. Holmes opposite one. Mr. Holmes is great. It's probably a traditionally better movie than Popstar. Oh, it's not. It's not. Maybe it is. According to the critics, it's yeah. not. Okay, that's true. Popstar's better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is you know interesting. Choices they make. But I love Popstar. There's certain aspects of Holland's Opus that are questionable, but... Fair enough. Yeah. Sure. This is not the top five best movies to it's everyone. Top it's your my top, top five. five movies. It's a good point. So Got a great point. I recommend if you've never seen this movie and you like laughing... I do. If you like lighthearted movies, Popstar is great. It's got a touch of heart in there, too. It always does. The best sure. ones do. All right, Corey, let's talk about the movie that I don't remember the title of, but I'm sure it's your I number one. I looked it up one. before we came here. <laughs> uh, the title is I'm Not There. There it is. I am, my number one is I'm Not There. This is a 1-1-A situation. I could have put this at two and Almost Famous at one or vice versa. Wouldn't have mattered either way. I love both of these movies equally and for a lot of similar reasons. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm Not There is a, I'll call it biopic, uh, about Bob Dylan where as you progress through the movie and you get to different stages in Bob Dylan's life, you have different people acting the role of Bob Dylan. And I, and I don't know if at any point they actually call him Bob Dylan. I'm trying to remember that part of it. That's one of the I've only things. I've never seen it, so I can't I help could, you. I could not, I could not carve out time to rewatch it uh, again. Is this the one where five different people play him? Or is yes. this, okay. Five different people play him. Uh, he's played by a, a young black man early on, uh, the peak of Dylan mania when he, like in the 65, when like a Rolling Stone comes out, uh, that Dylan is played by Kate Blanchett. So it's not a continuity aspect. It's just people representing certain aspects of his life. Yep. Different periods of his life. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not like this is Bob Dylan young and this is because he, the thing about the movie and Bob Dylan in general is that he's no one knows what he looks like. <laughs> well, nobody know. Nobody really knows the story of Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is very, very personal about what happened before he got to New York and started making folk music. So whatever his stories are, are what we have to go on. And unreliable narrator. He had a very folk band childhood, and we doubt that that's really accurate. I mean, the people in the scene at the time thought he was full of shit. Simon and Garfunkel write, wrote the boxer to shit on Bob Dylan. That is an actual true fact. Is that from the movie or just something you know? No, this is just something I know. Who wrote what? Sorry. Simon and Garfunkel wrote the song The Boxer. Yeah. About Bob Dylan, and it's a song to shit on Bob Dylan. So it's the first diss track yep. in movie, movie oh, history? Oh, damn. Yep. yep. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, uh, the chorus to The Boxer is Lie, 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 and they just say Oh, yeah, lie, yeah. All I know that again. song. And, like, all the, <laughs> all the stories, like, all the parts are about this guy who would, like, tell huh. all these grand stories about himself, and he's lying. Crazy. Yeah, so it's all about Bob Dylan. So we're we're um, and every decade or so, Bob Dylan like 
completely changes who he is as a person, as a performer. So, like, there's all these different individual people throughout his very long career. So the way the movie is framed is that each one of those sections gets his own person. And it's just a really interesting, cool way to frame a movie. Um, it almost doesn't matter how accurate the story is because it, you're just basing it off of how Dylan describes himself and how Dylan carries himself in a lot of these things. Cate um, Blanchett is absolutely stellar. and I think she's the best performance in this movie. Um, and one of them is played by Heath Ledger. <laughs> like, And she's still the best performance in this movie. So Christian Bale's in it also. Right? Christian Bale's in it also. Does he play Bob Dylan? Uh, yes. Plays That's cool. Batman and Joker play Bob Dylan. Whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go out and see it. It's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal film. It's very artsy. It's mo- I think it's mm. all in black and white, and it's a very artsy film. Um, not to be a, a what what's the name? what's the title of the movie? I'm not there. Okay, I thought you said I was never there, and I was like, wait, that's Christian Bale. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a different movie. Yeah, yeah, entirely. Yeah, I was worried. No, no, I was like, no, Corey, you love this movie. I'm not there. And he wasn't. And he wasn't. Or was he? We don't know. Actually, this, he's not lying. He's not in the movie. Yeah. He's not there. To go along with this, for some supplement, you can also watch the uh, Martin Scorsese documentary on Bob Dylan. That's the first one that pops up when you type uh, in Bob Dylan movie. Yeah, Ooh. that's called No Direction Home. Uh, the first part of it's pretty good, but the second part is probably the better of the, the two halves. And that's the only time... I thought you were going to say the second part sucks. <laughs> no, the second part's phenomenal. Uh, that's one of the only times that a filmmaker or really anybody has actually been able to sit down and get Bob Dylan to talk about his life and his music on screen. Ever since when like he was at his peak and he would do press conferences, which are also a fun romp. He, on the YouTube? Oh my god, he hates doing these press conferences. So he like... <laughs> Just him face palming. Oh god. Kind of. <laughs> he, he like is very sarcastic and like... So Bill Belichick about yeah, it? Yeah, so that's what I was about to say. Kinda. kinda <laughs> a little Bill Belichick, a little uh, Marshawn Lynch. Bob, <laughs> tell us about your song. Uh, we're up to Cincinnati. <laughs> we're going to play some football. Yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna, here. I'm going to go out there and play some music. I'm yeah. just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. I, 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 the Kate Blanchett part of uh, I'm Not There really illustrates that well. So, Yep, that's my number one. Matt, what's your... I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's it. Bubbles. bubbles bubbles we already touched on mine mine are almost famous and amadeus i had four bubbles but we talked about two of them uh school of rock mr Allen's opus we touched on um walk hard was a bubble for me like i said never seen it you, although you'd like it a lot. i'm sure i would i'm sure you'd love it and uh that thing you do was a bubble for me i haven't seen that since also music class in like sixth grade so i didn't remember it one quick thing about that thing you do tom hanks directed it he directed it? Yeah, it's oh, his cool. directorial debut. Um, everyone in the band has a name except for the bass player. And at the end, they do that thing of like, what happened to everybody? And it gets to the him. The bass player. He's referred to as TB player. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Up. I love it. Damn. It's so good. Like, I remember... No respect like, for the bass. I'm like, TB player? I'm like, huh. Oh my God, I guess they never say his name. And then I, you, know, you look it up. Like, wow, they didn't, just didn't like give the, him a name. It's like the default name in Madden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? G backup if you're playing NHL and you don't have the backup goalie. Oh my god. Uh, my bubbles are actually more bubble movies because I wanted to bring them up as movies that do technically have to deal with music, but I definitely don't make the list. 
Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Sure. Uh, I would say the third one has to do with music. They all third, do. They're trying to form an ultimate band. They play a little bit music. Yeah. Kinda. It's it's it's, yeah. it's the these it's borderline, but if you can, you can make it work. Three is definitely. Well, yeah, yeah three is definitely yeah. the most about music for sure. These are again. I put the I put these on bubble mostly because they definitely shouldn't count. Sure. But they're close enough for me. Okay. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. All right. That was closer than you think to being an actual bubble for me. Yeah, I'm. Listen, I don't. Wouldn't blame you. Not on my side list. And then the, the last one in my bubble is an actual movie about music, and that's Rocket Man. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. You get it. Rocket I like that movie. It's fine. It's good. It's good. So, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it with Joe. Yeah. And Dolby. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it with you guys. No. I couldn't make it. Could not make it. Um, nope. And that's it. That's all of our top fives. We are now moving into the madness. So here's how this is going to work. Uh, in a lovely drawstring bag, there are 15 poker chips. Different drawstring bag. It's a different drawstring what? bag. It's a bag Whoa. within a bag? Yeah. He just inception does. Whoa! Or bag inception. I don't it's, know. This had Christmas ornaments in it, but I think this is a better purpose. I, it, it, it is. It's sleeker. There are 15 poker chips of three different colors that have our initials. Don't open all the way so you can see in. Just yeah, just see how dare you. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah, the integrity of the game. Mr. Hostman. God. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> they are different colors for each of us, labeled one through five. I'm we are going to pull out five at random, and outside of a single veto each. The five that we pull out will comprise our top five. We also each have written down on a separate piece of paper a protected movie, on the off chance that one of us tries to veto. If it is a protected movie, it stays. And you lose your veto. You do lose your veto. <laughs> Joe, like do the honors. I would love to. Oh God. Thank you. It's my three. Your Which... three. Oh, I'm gonna veto that. <laughs> Kubo. No. Yeah, I'm gonna veto Kubo. Did you project you? Kubo? I did not. Oh okay. no. I'm gonna veto it. Only because I haven't seen it. You are a monster. Everyone watch Kubo and the Two Strings. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. Can you imagine next week he's like, I shouldn't have vetoed that movie. Maybe. Oh. Bro, 97. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's your veto to make. That's number two. Which is? Uh, be uh, Whiplash. I can't good conscience veto that. I almost want to out of spite. However, <laughs> <laughs> however I won't because that movie's great. It's on your list. It deserves to be on there. <laughs> I'm not arguing. Chorus four. Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. I'm not going to veto it. You've lost your veto. I know. <laughs> you used it. Fair. I think I'm going to let it lie. Okay. My number three. Straight out of Compton. If you use it, there's still another chance in there. I know. We got three movies. Yep. So we got two more to go. My two. Which is Mr. Howl's Opus. Very nice. Yay! <sighs> Shit. It's up to you, Corey. You talk so poetically about it. <laughs> Which is why I can't, but now, I I'm, now I'm in a bind because... If I don't pull the right movie out here, we're fucked. Are we? <laughs> we're never... This is the nature of the show, it's man. It's how You're it works. right. You're right. It's how the show Just works. Just YOLO. <laughs> YOLO, indeed. My number five. Fuck. What is it? School of Rock. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. I can't do veto that one. That's five. I could, but I don't want to. That's five. That's five. 
No number ones this time. No number no. ones got pulled. That's a first. So we have School of Rock, Bohemian Rhapsody, Straight Outta Compton, Mr. Holland's Opus, and Whiplash. Commonality for two movies. We got Whiplash and what's the other one? Whiplash. Oh, straight out three Compton. movies. School of Rock is also oh, yeah, both of your fives. All right. Well, um, here, here so here's begins the, the process. I understand that commonality generally puts it up higher, but if two Normally. people had it at number five, doesn't that make it a natural number five? Should First, be. I, I, school of thought. I would have other things lower than School of Rock, in my personal opinion, yeah. of the five we have to choose from. Which movie on here would you think is lower than School of Rock? Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Holy shit. <laughs> you guys out of your fucking minds? School of Rock's better. <laughs> no way! I love School of Rock. Do not get me wrong here, but there's no I mean, way. I'm just gonna, I mean, According to the critics, School yeah. of Rock is 31% better. <laughs> That's not what I'm going with here. I'm just two of us have School of Rock on our list. One of us have Bohemian Rhapsody on our list. And I'm neither of them. Yeah, but, I know. But yeah, I'm just you, be, you have neither of them. From a, from a, just observing it, School of Rock's a better movie. Like it is. <laughs> Rami Malek's really good and gives a great performance. I should have just vetoed Bohemian Rhapsody. Take this take this argument <laughs> off the table. Yeah, I didn't protect it. I don't know why he didn't. I'm assuming you protected on that there. No. Oh wow! Okay, wow. there's there are three movies just going into this yeah. that I checked off next to it that I'm like I'm gonna veto this if it comes up only because I haven't like seen it or doesn't have, or don't have like a great affinity yeah. for it and I didn't know what you guys protected obviously that's the nature so it was Kubo it was Popstar and it was uh I'm not there <laughs> insanity um listen if you guys I mean at this point I'm gonna be outvoted here but I think it's completely asinine. To suggest that Bohemian Rhapsody needs to be lower on a list than School of Rock. It sure does. <laughs> I don't know if it needs think, to be, but I, don't I, don't I would it, argue that it is. It's a slam dunk for me. It's not even close. <laughs> it's, it's, it's closer for me. It's <laughs> fucking asinine. This is the most insane thing I've ever heard. No, do it. I'm, I'm this outvoted This is the most here. insane thing you've ever heard. Whatever. I'm, I'm outvoted. It doesn't uh, matter. I could sit here and stomp my feet all day about it, but I'm going to be outvoted either way. <laughs> cool. So that is <laughs> fucking obscene. Uh, then Straight Outta Compton is three? I think it should be four. I would put School of Rock higher than Straight Outta Compton. Even though Straight Outta Compton was my five, I don't have School of Rock. <laughs> this is insane. All right, all right, fine. I, I School guess. of Rock's, like, more fun. I don't know. I try to be a little bit, Are like... Are we looking at what's fun? Are we looking at what's good? <laughs> And yes, School of Rock is a good movie, but is it better than Straight Out of Compton? I can't weigh in on this one as far as quality of movie because I've never seen Straight Out of Compton. I wanted rap represented on my list. I put Straight Out of Compton on there. It was a tough choice between that and School of Rock. School of Rock made both of your lists. <laughs> so I just feel that School based on the two of them, I think School of Rock's better. If you guys don't, whatever. I don't <laughs> I've never seen Straight Out of Compton, so I can't really I can't <laughs> I like School of Rock. I would imagine I would also like Straight Outta Compton. Probably. I don't know. If I had to go watch a movie tomorrow and those were the two I had to pick from, I would pick School of Rock. That's how I'm... Okay. It's close enough for me to do that. Do we Do we have something we can... What's What's the equivalent of flipping something? Yeah, like... Do we Rochambeau in this situation for four? Do you really want School of Rock at four if, if that's... I'm, I'm not willing to die on this hill. We could, like, we just... could have that be our thing, Rock, Paper, Scissoring. 
for I, I just to settle I just disputes. Think it's, I just think it's a wild it's a wild argument to say that School of Rock is better. Is better. I'm gonna is defer to you. Yes. I'm gonna defer to you two to uh, according to critics. It is two percent better that uh, Jesus Christ. That School of Rock's ninety one. A lot of people like School of Rock. Right. Compton for School of Rock three. Cool man. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just happy to be part of this. I'm happy to be in a room. <laughs> We knew that madness was going to hit eventually. Yeah. It, it took a few weeks, but we fucking got here. We finally found a contentious topic. I'm just... Music. You know what? It is uh, it is what it is, right? <laughs> what do we have left? We have Mr. Holland's Opus and... Whiplash. Whiplash. Whiplash is two. Okay, being Whiplash is on my list at number two... <laughs> And, and, uh, and on, Mr. Hans on, Opus is on my list at number and two. And didn't make yours. Okay, then it, <laughs> as a tiebreaker that wants to decide between the two movies, at both at number two, Whiplash should be two, Holland's Opus is one. I would put Whiplash as one, Holland's Opus is two. I mean, I would put Holland's Opus at one. So Holland's Opus is, is going to be the highest one on this list. Holland's Opus is better than Whiplash. School of Rock is better than Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitive. I don't understand why you're getting... Hot and heated over that one. Because it's an insane concept to me. I mean, I like Mr. Holland's Opus better than Whiplash. Just because, you know. The one th- Whiplash is the- horribly depressing. Yeah. Horribly depressing. I just think it's better. Like, performance-wise. Sure. And there's one part of Mr. Holland's Opus we didn't very touch different on movies. Di- during the show that I find a little questionable. A weird choice for is them to Rowena? make. Because it, it ends exactly the way it's supposed to. But be a little more honest with your wife about it. Yeah, that part was weird. Yeah, there's no reason to. Yeah, I don't know why you lied. Yeah. Mm. Takes you out a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but, like, J.K. Simmons is an awful human being. But he's an incredible actor. And he won the Academy Award. No, J.K. Simmons is, is not an awful human being. The character he plays in Whiplash is yes. an awful human and being. It, I feel like I should clarify that. The, the character he played in Whiplash is also an award-winning character. Best Supporting Actor, J.K. Simmons. Was there no nominations for Mr. Hans Opus? I don't think that? so. It's that very movie's... Oscar Beatty, though, isn't it? The movie's really good. I like it a lot. I, I own it. I know. <laughs> I'm looking that Oscar thing up. Not that it's going to settle anything. I'm no. just curious for me. I've made my this or opinion known. I'm curious. Nominated for one Oscar. Was it Best Actor, Richard Dreyfuss? Yeah. It didn't even get Best Original Song for the American Symphony? That's crazy. Not even a nod. Do they usually do, like, non-lyrical songs? They the can, best song? right? But have they? I don't know. That's more like a score thing than a original song. I don't know. I guess that song is the score of the movie. Like, they play it throughout. I guess. Right? We've gotten very distracted. We've gotten very off topic now. <laughs> so, I so officially, I think Whiplash should be one. You guys think if Holland's Opus should be one, right? So it's a two to one outvote. That's uh, that's where we're at. I believe that's where we're at. Okay, democracy rules. I think the ballots were misleading. Shut up! <laughs> Fuck out of here. Whiplash won this by a lot. <laughs> Joe, take that out. <laughs> by the time this airs, I wonder if it'll be settled. Probably not. Doubt it. Will it still be topical? By the time this comes out, probably not. Again, Oof. probably not. All right, we got our five. We did it. We did it. Will we rattle them off? Yeah. Top five movies about music. Number five, Bohemian Rhapsody. Number four, Straight Outta Compton. Number three, School of Rock. Number two, Whiplash. And the number one movie about music is Mr. Holland's Opus. That's the official list of the entire world. You now know it. Mr. Holland's Opus made one of our three lists, and yet is number one. 
Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Precedent has been set, ladies and gentlemen. These will be bloodbaths going forward. <laughs> I lost twice tonight, so I don't... I, if you want it to be a bloodbath, I can make it worse. It's Whatever. Fine. No, you got heated, man, but it's, like, not even that much of a debate. Really? How is it not much? You know what? It's just this not. is my episode. I'm fucking calling it right now. <laughs> we gotta save this forever. <laughs> Thank you for listening to five, uh, 5 Movie Madness. Next week, we are doing our... Do we announce what we're doing next week? We can. Do we want to? Or sure. do we want to leave it? We'll leave it. Eh. Let him let yeah, him discover it. Let, it. let it marinate. It's not relevant anyway by the time this comes out. It's true. <laughs> We're gonna let the next week's movie topic marinate for a little bit. And... No, well, I think we should announce it. Fun, announce it. Let's announce it. Yeah. Okay. You can always cut it. If I you don't. don't yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Just. I hate it when podcasts do that. Like, tell me what you're gonna do next week so I can prepare for it. Like, that's like. Fair enough. <laughs> We're getting really salty in here. <laughs> next week we are going to be doing our top five Christmas movies. It's 5moviemadness at gmail.com and at 5moviemadness on Twitter, and both of those use the number 5. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Top 5 Christmas movies. Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening.